This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery. Bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the besotted pride of West London podcast, bringing you Besotted in Qatar, our final podcast from Qatar. This was actually, in fact, recorded just before and just after England's quarter-final defeat to France. I decided to hold back for a, for a week or so after the pain had subsided before I decided to put this podcast up because I felt it would actually be more reflective. My name is Billy Grant and I've been going around Qatar for the last three weeks talking to all sorts of characters from all over the world about the Qatar World Cup um, at the Qatar World Cup. And I've got a real range of views, which is really interesting. You can check them all out on prideofwest.london. We've got quite a few episodes up there, met some really, really good people. So definitely check it out. As you know, Argentina are about to play France because it hasn't actually happened as yet. They're about to play France in the final. And at the end of this podcast, I'm going to attempt to give a short summary of a load of views and a load of my thoughts as well on the good and the bad of the Qatar World Cup. But in the meanwhile, let's cast our mind back to the quarterfinals, hours before England took to the field against France in the Albait Stadium in Qatar. In this episode, you're going to hear from fans from Qatar. You're also going to hear from fans in France. Let's hear what they had to say. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast and I'm coming to you on the eve. It's not even the eve. It's a few hours before the England's game against France. Big quarterfinal game here. I'm in the bar. I'm in the Belgian bar in, I don't even know where this is. I think it might be West Bay or something like that. In Doha, in Qatar, sitting here watching the Moroccan game. I was out early in the soup this morning. The Moroccans were literally, they they must have not slept all night because they were dancing and they were singing at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock this morning. They've come there in their droves. There's millions of them. They're everywhere, all over the place. And then the stadium making lots of noise. The Portuguese, you would never know they're there at the moment. Still nil all at the moment now. So this game obviously potentially, and I say potentially, may affect England, obviously, if we go ahead and we beat France. Touchwood. So I'm just going around, as I do before the match, just talking to people and getting their vibes before the game. And I've got two people, two illustrious characters in front of me here. I've seen these guys everywhere I used to go. Every, literally every tournament we used to go to, they started off as uh, David Seaman, the two David Seamans as well, and they used to dress up as David Seaman with the shirt and the gloves and the hair and the moustache and the full Monty everywhere going around, getting their photographs taken and supporting England as the David Seamans. They did move on to another guys after that when David Seaman retired, they'll tell you about that. David Seaman, number one, how are things? How are you? 
I fear Mbappe. That's who I fear tonight. And right now, I'm thinking these big boys, they turn up against England. Whether it's Ronaldinho, we saw that in 2002. Us, David Siemens, he, he loved the ball over us. Ronaldo always turns up against England. Diego Maradona, they, 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 these big boys turn up against England. We need Kyle Walker to flatten this man. Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, obviously you were David Seaman back in the day. How would you have dealt with a game like this? Well, I, I'm now 50 years of age, so I take it very calmly. I've seen it all before, and no doubt we'll lose on penalties somewhere along the line. David Seaman, number two. I mean, listen, just go, go back to this whole thing. I mean, if you, all you have to do is just Google sort of David Seaman lookalike England supporters, and I'm sure they'll come across them. What, what brought you to do this? Because it was a big thing at one stage, wasn't it? I mean, literally, you went everywhere dressed, both of you, as David Seaman, and, and, you, and you look like David Seaman as well. Yeah, well, back, back in the day, there was, there was a pretty big problem with the England fans at that point. And, uh, in what way? Well, uh, there was, it was still a big hooligan element, and it was pretty unsavoury to travel with England. So we thought we'd do a little bit to sort of calm stuff down and make it a bit more fun. And, uh, you know, the way we, way we did it was sort of dress up as David Seaman. And, uh, you know, we, we met some very interesting characters through the way, including yourself. Um, also, some you know we've been on the Liechtenstein border with some of the you know more unsavoury elements back in the day. Um, but you know, dress up as Seaman has w- w- allowed us at that point to sort of really meet a lot of very, you know, great people and do a little bit to sort of uh, portray the England fans in the way they should be around the world. Because I think we you know we got a deep passion for for the game. And, uh, you know, sometimes that boils over. I mean, last night we saw it with the Argentinians and, and, and the guy, the Dutch, Dutchman. And I think that's, uh, you know, probably similar to ourselves. That, that passion can sometimes boil over. You know, when, you, and when, when there's a couple of, couple of guys dressed up as idiots, uh, you can maybe just bring it back and keep it on the fun side of, of stuff rather than uh, the not-so-fun side. And have you had any, I mean, any stories? You must have some tales or maybe you were, like, say, for example, you know, like, like with me, you know, I used to... I, you know, back in the nineties, as you used to be able to, I used to get into places where maybe you weren't allowed to get into places because you're allowed to plug it in for whatever reason. I used to sort of kind of fake these uh, press ID cards from the the Face magazine, and literally I went all around the world getting into like the best places ever, saying I was from the Face magazine. That's kind of what I did. That was my thing, and everyone used to laugh at me, my mates, because obviously they didn't know about sort of re- reproduction and how you can reproduce things on the blagging element your blagging element was obviously your David Seaman did you manage to get into any places that you shouldn't have done well I'm not sure it's because we dressed as David Seaman but we did end up spare tickets just going around there as well yeah that's all right yeah yeah yeah, we've just been offered a spare ticket by our character but anyway sorry go back to what you're saying yeah no so uh, probably the nearest we got to blagging away in was uh, we got into the England Hotel in in, uh, in Sapporo and then uh, ended up sort of hanging out watching the guys training the day before that the, the, the last Argentina match so uh, maybe we'll have a few tips for next time round so right on to this game I'm going to say as well interestingly obviously David Siemens you've been around the world last time I saw you I saw you in Brazil if I remember rightly because I don't think I saw you in Russia did I no but I saw you in Brazil one of you was living in South America if I remember rightly you were living in South America that's right Colombia now you've moved from Colombia and you're now living down the road here in Saudi and for you it's a short hop skip and a jump as you drove to this game didn't you that's that's right so 
I, you know, you're going to give away my trade secrets now. So obviously, like, I'm an expat for the last 20, 25 years. And uh, each time I've just magically been able to be in the, the right part of the world to, to go to the World Cup so, by commuting. So when we were in uh, Colombia, we could uh, drive down to the border in Colombia, take a little flight along the border to uh, Manaus. And we were there in you know, less than an hour from my house uh, back in the day. This time round, a little bit longer. Uh, it took us uh, four and a half hours drive down from, from Riyadh. Three, three checkpoints, checking with our bus ticket to come across the, the border. And then it, here we are, late afternoon, having a, having a pint, ready to go to the, the game. What's the atmosphere been like in Riyadh? Oh, no, the, the, the Saudis, uh, they love their football. And so the, the, the atmosphere has been tremendous. If you look at the number of visitors to the World Cup the Saudis are about two, two or three X what the, uh, what the rest of the world can put together there's a lot of Americans that come here as well obviously from the Aram- Aramco and the military guys in the region but, but the Saudis, you know, the, the atmosphere has been fantastic, real great support for, for the World Cup and, 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 and again we're talking about the alcohol thing, I mean obviously in Saudi you can't drink from what we can gather um, that doesn't stop the, or, or am I getting it wrong, I don't know, or you, you tell me well so if you, if you come down to my house, when you come and come and visit us, uh, you'll, you'll have no problems. We, we, can, uh, we can make sure you're, you're well lubricated. Uh, and to be quite honest, I mean, most of my Saudi mates also have a, a pretty, good, uh, pretty good supply. Okay, let's, stay, let's not say any more than that. So the, things aren't what they are, as they say. You know what I'm saying? But, but what are you going to say? Sorry. I was going to say, two nights ago, we went to Al Hilal versus Newcastle United in the middle of uh, Riyadh. And... Uh, <laughs> It was a great break for the World Cup. We've seen Newcastle United players playing and um, playing against one of the biggest clubs in, um, in Riyadh. Yeah. So, okay. So, so coming back to this now, coming back to the game today, give us the what's your score? Are you are you nervous? Do you think that uh, we'll be okay? You know, we have to beat some one of these big teams at one stage at this stage, don't we? Yeah, we've got to beat them. I mean, I I'm sort of going between heart and uh, head and logic you know obviously heart wise you want to win it your head sort of says oh well look at the look at the last sort of few uh, few times we played them we've we struggled but but in all all in all if i look at the logic i think we, our team is is as good as if not better than their team so i think we'll we'll edge it meanwhile out in bordeaux in france steve the bee was getting ready for the big match in Sweeney Todd's Bar. It's a bar run by a Brentford-supporting English immigrant called Lance, and by all accounts, it can get rather lively. Welcome to the besotted Pride of West London in Bordeaux, France. My name is Steve Bordeaux B. Lewis, and we're at the Sweeney Todd's Pub, which is owned by massive Bees fan Lance Atwood. We've got a Brentford flag adorning the ceiling, a signed, framed Yoen Barbe shirt, what more do you need? And Sweeney's is the expat sports pub at the heart of this football-mad city, Bordeaux. Earlier today, the quayside was reverberating with flags from Morocco fans celebrating after their 1-0 victory over Portugal. And tonight is the big one. This is the first ever World Cup knockout stage battle between England and France. Les Bleus against the three lines. And we're bringing you comments live from Sweeney Todd's in Bordeaux during the game. Lance, welcome. Um, how are you feeling on the night of this big game? Great. Looking forward to it. It's going to be awesome. It's like the crunch in rugby comes to football. 
What about Sweeney Todd's? We've got a great France-England uh, relationship going back year after year with the rugby. What about the football? Well, let's hope it's as fair play as it is for the rugby, Steve. And who's going who's to win today? Of course, England. Come on. What are your fears of tonight's game? I haven't got any. That's perfect. Thanks, Lance. Look forward to the night. How are you feeling before the game? Right, um, um, very excited. Yeah. Um, nervous, of course. Yeah. But for once, I think we're matched, but we could just about do it. We, we could beat them. Who do you think is going to win, honestly? France or England? Well, Hart would say England, Head would say France, but honestly, it's, it's so even right now. What are your fears for the game? Mbappe. Mbappe. Uh, as That's everyone it. would say. Yeah, yeah, I think it's pretty fair. How are you feeling before the game? Come on, let's give you some to on the match. How are you feeling? Uh, Fucking confident! Very confident. Very confident. Fucking confident. confident! Okay, well, we expect that. Who's going to win? France or England? France. What are your fears for tonight's game? No fears. No fears. No fears. No fears. No fucking fears. Okay, well that's great. Oh my God, we see the best of win. And who's the best team? France, of course. Have you any, have you any fears tonight, Anne? Any fears at all? It's exciting. Thank you. Excited. Thank you very much. What do you think about tonight's game? Which way is it going to go, France or England? Deux un pour la France. Do you have any fears, any angoisse, any fears for tonight's game? Ne blessez pas Mbappé. Ah, that means don't make Mbappé injured. Meanwhile, back in Qatar. We've got some fans in the house here. Qatari, you're a Qatari, but you support Morocco. Yeah. How was that for you today? Um, it's amazing. Yeah. Amazing feeling. And, and tell me, why is it amazing feeling? I mean, listen, Morocco, their first ever World Cup semi-final. I mean, why is that feeling? Tell me. It's, it's something, you know, it's something good for all the Arabic, you know. It's for the, the whole Arabic country, you know. And, and tell me, how big is this for the whole of the Arabic community? Because, like, the World Cup's come here. It must yeah. make you feel proud for a start, is it? Yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure, absolutely, for sure. And now, for sure, we are proud of that. And now Morocco, I mean, they brought their fans. I mean, they're making some big noises, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely, and, yeah. And today you were watching it in this in, in the Belgian bar here. You couldn't get tickets for the game because Moroccans, there are about a million Moroccans yeah, in yeah, Qatar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, today there is three, three, three airplanes coming from Morocco. Yeah. Three airplanes with, with you know, like... Um, 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 you cannot imagine, you know, when I was in the stadium looking for the tickets... You haven't idea. There's no chance. No chance. No chance. Yeah. No chance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So listen. I mean, next thing you don't know is going to be France or England in the semi-final. What do you think? Uh, England. I think England. <laughs> yeah. I wish England. Yeah. Come yeah. on, England. Come on, England. <laughs> So listen, we're waiting here for our taxis to go to the stadium here now. Lots of England fans are feeling quite jubilant because they've watched that Morocco team take apart Portugal who have, they've made us cry on a number of occasions, but we saw them cry today and they were crying in a major way, weren't they? They were crying, yeah. Not as much as we will be later if we lose. Oh, listen, the negativity. We can't be having any negativity oh, no, in this no, no. one. Listen. I think 3-0 England. I, I, I am confident we are going to win, but... Yeah. Coming back to this, this World Cup, I mean, how long have we been out? How many matches? This is our third game, us two. These guys have been various games. But yeah, it's our third game. Been brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Everything about it. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, what was your favourite game out of all these ones? Senegal so far. Senegal. The, we were sitting right by the drummers in the Senegal. It was fantastic. It was phenomenal. That's right. The so, atmosphere was amazing. Gareth Southgate, listen, there's been, a, you know, he's, he's managed to just take us to our next level, hasn't he? Southgate, big, big fan. 
as long as he keeps the same team this tonight. He cannot change the formation. He can't do it. As long as we keep the 4 3 3, I'm happy with him. And yourself, I mean, you've been to many games as well. I mean, I'm not going to say anything because I've got a daughter probably about your age as well. She's crying because she wants to be out here, but you're very lucky. Yeah, I feel very lucky. I've been to three so far. I also really like the single one, though. Yeah. I think that one was my favourite. That's true. And the thing about it is that you're going to, are you going to beat Anakin Touchwood here to the very end, to the final? Um, this might be our last game. We'll see. We'll see. We might We're try. We're for the next couple. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck to you anyway. Enjoy the game. Thank you. We all know what happened next. France go ahead. England equalised with a Harry Kane penalty. France go ahead again. Then Harry Kane gets a chance to even things up on 84 minutes from the penalty spot and completely skies it. It's all too easy to blame the referee who was truly awful, but score that chance, Harry Kane, and England would have had the momentum. We head back to Bordeaux, where the French fans are truly celebrating. Bordeaux from Swinney Tuds. What are your thoughts on tonight's game? It was the best quarter-final of the four. Was it, a, was it a fair result as far as you're concerned? It was the best result ever. I'm French. It was the best result well, we could have had Talk us through the game. What were the key points as far as you're concerned? Oh, the game was made by Norris. Go, Norris! Who's going to win the World Cup now? So, Lance, what are your thoughts after tonight's uh, game? Absolutely gutted. We had it all there in front of us. And again, the curse of the penalty. Doesn't have to be a shootout. Poor Harry. I feel so go. sorry for him. Do you think it was a fair result? No, I think no. the ref. I think the ref was an absolute disgrace tonight. Yeah. Um, I think France, on the whole of it, yeah, probably deserved to go through. But no, with a different ref, a different it's a game, day. Game of four chances, two penalties, one yeah. lost by England. Yeah, totally, totally. It was. Yeah. Uh, it was on a knife edge. Yeah. We could have done it, but hey, we go on. We continue. We'll right. be stronger. Okay, we're now down to the last four. Who's going to win the World Cup? That's uh, France. There we go. So back in Qatar, here are some final. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Thoughts. So, match is over and I'm not even going to dwell on this too much. We're on the coach on the way back. Listen, England, once again haven't got to where we expected them to be uh, what I will say is that you know I think they played their hearts out you know after a slow start where we went behind <laughs> I thought they played brilliant they played really well Lloris saved them a number of times and uh, unfortunately Harry Kane who had two penalties put one in the back of the net and uh, the second one he put it over the bar and I think that was the, the moment when we all knew that it wasn't to be I'm, uh, I'm here with Rosie and Rosie's actually been out here working. She's an England fan, but she's been working out here in the stadiums. So you've seen quite a lot of football and footballing people. First of all, about the match, uh, it's a it's a bit of a bit a bit of a gutter, isn't it? 
yeah, really gutting. Um, like you say, it was a bit of a bit of a slow start to the game, um, but I do think we were the better team, and I think we was a bit unfortunate to lose today. Um, and unfortunately, yeah, like you said, with the Harry Kane penalty, as soon as that went over the bar, I thought, uh, yeah, that's it for us. I think. I mean, I mean it's, 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 it's difficult, you know. It's difficult because, you know, whatever you do, you know, at the end of the day, it's not going to be right unless we win the game. Is there an argument to say that? Is, was there anything that was, was that we did wrong today, or was it just it wasn't to be? No, I don't think we did necessarily anything wrong. I think we actually, I'm actually quite proud of them how they played today, and uh, I think uh, yeah, they all done their best and put a good shift in. Um, I think yeah, it just wasn't meant for us today, and uh, I think France got lucky to be honest. I mean, you you're a footballer yourself. I mean, you played for Charlton. You know, you're out here. You know, you're doing football stuff. You know, you in the stadiums. You're doing a lot of football workshops, a lot a lot of football drills, doing lots of stuff with with people in, in and around football. Uh, how has this World Cup been for you as a footballer, and also kind of seeing the people um, how they're reacting to it? Um. So yeah, I think it's. I think. Yeah, I guess coming to Qatar itself um, and seeing how the fans are reacting to that has been interesting and also just seeing it's been interesting seeing the dynamics of the different fans that have come in um, working at the stadiums I found that the, like for example the South American fans are unbelievable and they're unbelievable sport and the fans that have travelled out here to support their team um, unbelievable in what way I think just their support and their enthusiasm um, and the backing of their team as well um, it's been particularly interesting seeing, uh, I guess, the Argentinian fans and how much they love Messi and how they want Argentina to do really well just for Messi. And everything seems to be surrounded about we want Argentina to win it just for him. Um, so, yeah, I think that's been an interesting part and seeing the dynamics of different fans that have come out here. And uh, OK, so, I mean, you, you, like I said, you work in the stadiums and you've been working with all the different fans. Who have been the top three best fans that you've interacted with then? I'd say the Mexicans. They're mad. They're bonkers, aren't they? Absolutely bonkers. Yeah, loved it. They've uh, after a few beers, they can be a bit rowdy, yes. and uh, loved. Yeah, smacking yeah. the balls around in the in the drills that we've been doing. And which uh, is interesting because you talk about you know whether a few beers that get a bit rowdy. I mean, everyone associates just England with drinking beer um, and uh, f- their football culture. Yeah. But you know, the one thing that was really glaringly obvious for me to <clears throat> this World Cup was with all the fans in one place that everybody basically pretty much drinks beer football culture revolves around beer for every country did you find that again when you're working the stadium yeah yeah I think um, well like I say definitely the South Americans was all with the drink and I think as well it brought atmosphere to the stadiums as well so when they come in they're all I guess a bit mellow but once they leave the stadium to have a bit of music and have a few drinks they're so up for it Um, and I think it does bring it does bring a better atmosphere to say I don't think you need to have drink to have a good time but it does bring something I think to the to the games and uh, I don't know yeah I yeah so number one is Mexico number two Argentina I think okay. for sure yeah and why is that then um, again uh, they like to get involved in everything that was at the hospitality area um, they wasn't scared to get involved in anything they uh they were already chanting before, I guess, they're leaving the stadiums in hospitality. They're watching the games as well. Um, and afterwards, it's literally just like a festival when they leave. Um, and I think the third third fans, I want to say, are probably Brazil. 
the Brazil, is it Brazil? The game they played at 974 the other day. Uh, God, I can't remember what game it was. It's a Brazil game. Which, which Brazil, Brazil game is it? Brazil Ghana, maybe. Well, anyway, at the hospitality area, they had uh, Cameroon. Uh, at the hospitality area, they had um, a Brazil band playing. And uh, yeah, pretty much one of them stole the mic off the, off the band and was just like chanting, chanting all these Brazilian. And, and it, like again, it was just like a festival. So I think, pretty from looking at it in summary, it's, I think it looks like the South Americans have uh, taken the win for the uh, for the I guess the best fans that I've seen in the and the and and the and the and the. The least. Actually, um, I've got one more, if I can say, the Moroccans. Yeah. The Moroc- I went to the um, Portugal Moroccan game today. I saw the first half, and um, they were just non-stop in the stadium. Unbelievable. And it, it, I did think today, if we did lose against France, that it would actually be a really tough game against them, just because of their fans. And I guess they're, to them, they're like a 12th man to them. Um, so yeah, even them as well. If I can add that one in. Uh, and, the, and, the, and the worst. And the worst. Worst. Oh. I'm going to say France just because of what happened today. <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah. There you go. So listen here. There. Cheers, Rose. So listen, oh, characters, just quickly, just 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 a quick thought on on today. Yeah, that's a bit raw. Um, yeah, look. look. I mean, we, we, listen. Well, what I'll say is that we've been and we've been through this many times. You know, we've been in you know Kiev. We've been to all these places. We've seen England lose, <laughs> and then we've been on buses like this or like. You know, the one thing about it is that after the match, normally you can actually sit down in the bar, have a few beers, and, and pontificate. Um, this is not quite going to be quite happening today, is it? Yeah, no, that's annoying me. But um, I've been offered tea and toast, so I'll take that. I'll happily take that. But uh, no, my my post match debrief, yeah, post match debrief uh, ain't happening. I, I could really do with a couple of pints just to sit down because I look. I, I, I thought we played really well. Slow getting into the game. Goal woke us up. Uh, you know, like, like 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 you said, Bill. You know, you walk out of Russia, Euros. You just think we probably weren't good enough tactically, ability-wise. Tonight, we today this tournament, I just feel that we were a match for anyone, and that was the big game. And I can just imagine the narrative now: we can't beat the big teams. When I, I just, I think we can, and it's annoying. It's just not. It's just a. It's stumbled again. But that's it. It was a stumble. There's plenty more to come from this squad. Yeah, basically the frustration. We played really well. Got to be proud of the boys' performance. But uh, the pride will come a bit later. At the moment, it's just frustration. You know what? What could have been again? So yeah, just just low. But you know, we'll go again at some point in time. What about? I mean, in the stadium. What about the atmosphere in the stadium? What do you think? Poor, really. I know it, it was poor like in the last round against uh, Senegal I put that down to the kind of expectation that we'd get through and you know nothing's achieved by getting to the quarterfinals as such but today was the game the tournament hinged on, on this game but yet the atmosphere wasn't there we should have been singing all game backing the boys the, the boys gave us stuff to, to uh, get us backing them but we, I can't put my finger on why that didn't happen. Very weird. Somebody asked me on the radio, I was on a radio interview earlier, and they said, did they think the lack of alcohol um, resulted in a lack of atmosphere, you know, in particular with the England fans? And I'm just, you know, I'm just wondering whether or not, you know, again, we had a very relaxed kind of uh, entrance to this game. We kind of hung out a little bit. 
we just kind of you know it was just quite nice we went to the souk then we went to a bar we had a couple of beers beforehand then we kind of came in and it was all very mellow Whereas normally you go to the game, you go to the square, you get there at 11 or 12 o'clock, it's all getting all hyped up, everyone's getting really hyped up, but that didn't really happen today, did it? I don't know. No, I don't think so, Bill. I, I, I don't think it's that. I, I, I don't know, I can't put it, can't put it down to it. Just, um, it just wasn't there in the games that I've been. Um, um, you know, it's, it's all very pleasant. Yeah. Uh, yeah, obviously, you're going to have a few idiots, <laughs> as we discovered today. But... Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't put my finger on it, you know, for a quarter-final big game that um, I, I wondered whether it was the stadiums and, and, and um, you know, but speaking to others that have been to follow Brazil or, or Argentina or, or you know, the, the, the South Korea, the, you know, the, the stadiums are bouncing. I, 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 I just don't know what, what, what it was. You think, it's a, you think it's a stadium? Because I've worked at all of, my, all of the stadiums, really, and I think particularly Albay, I think the problem with this one, so all the other stadiums you can get a direct metro to, so you get the build-up of all the fans travelling to the stadiums all together. Here, you get the metro up, and then all the fans are split up onto buses. So everyone gets on the bus, and it just goes dead quiet on these coaches. Like, even on the way home, you think there'd be France fans cheering right now. It's nothing, and I think it's that. Getting split up is causing, the, it's causing all the atmosphere to die. That's what I've found. I've... Every stadium I've been to, the atmospheres have been really good. And every time I've come to Albay, it's just been dead. Yeah. Yeah. You've got so much time travelling to get there. Yeah. Any buzz you've kind of built up kind of dissipates because it's over that two hours or so, whatever. And then you can't get a beer at the ground in the perimeter. I've only stopped that two days before the tournament. Thanks a lot. So it just, just kind of fades away. Well, it's, it's a contributing factor, but it's not everything, is it? Because, uh, you know the uh, other fans like the Africans and uh, yeah, Moroccans and all that and yeah. the South, South Americans don't seem to stop them so no, no so and Regis in the house here as well I know that very upset you know once again we didn't get over the the finish line as such in fact you know to be fair we're actually a fair away from the finish line because we probably had another lap to go before we were actually <laughs> going to get to the finish line and we didn't even yeah we pulled up we pulled up before the final lap on this one as well um I'm not going to ask if it's a fair result because I don't think that's a fair question. But I'm just wondering, I'm going to ask you more to point is that just give us your thoughts on today and the match <coughs> and England and where we go from here. I think it was a really positive performance. I think everyone gave it 100%. I think we've shown that we've got the talent, we've got the skill, the team camaraderie. When they came out on the pitch at the beginning, they were all hugging each other before kickoff and just feels like they've got a really good atmosphere in the in the team camp and you know I I saw us today and you know I was lucky to see Brazil the other day and that was magic and our performance in that second half was magic I was really quite overwhelmed to be honest I mean that's why I was just a bit stunned at the end because it just didn't feel right that we lost that game and I actually got a lot more emotional than what I thought I would because just the way the crowd responded at the end I know the atmosphere was flat during the game but the way they responded at the end when everyone just stood there clapping them I just that really got me I thought that was really nice <laughs> and the, all the players came and stood there for ages facing us they you know I just thought that was a really special moment for me and it actually made me quite emotional which took me a bit by surprise I mean very emotional you know uh, uh, <laughs> 
it's really dipped hard because you know it's what else you know you don't want to I don't want, you don't want to talk about this much more because at the end of the day you know England have once again not got through to where we expected them to if anything you know we've dropped a couple of levels you know you know we've got we dropped a couple of levels it's difficult yeah we're playing France you know we got to final we got a semi-final this is now quarter final so we if anything you could say we're going backwards the question I'm going to ask is where does it go now for Gareth Southgate anyone thoughts oh I hope I, I like him I, I, I think he deserves another another shot for sure like the performance he'd like today, I think there's definitely potential in this team, and I think he's building quite a good a good unit. And as you said, seeing the camaraderie together, he shows that he's doing something right. But we'll see. Yeah, yeah, I um, I've got no problem uh, with Southgate um, in this tournament. Whereas I, I did have a problem, um, obviously with uh, Russia and, and, and the Euros, um, but but this tournament I've seen us progress. I think his coaching, his um, tactic, tactical ability, in-game management, uh, I've seen a, 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 a progression on that. I just wonder whether it might be worth him maybe freshening up his coaching staff or something like that, just to you know, uh, just to keep it uh, uh, moving on and, and, and stuff like that. And then to be honest. Yeah, you know, look, if you said to me, I would have said quarterfinals. We just lost to the world champions, undeservedly. Uh, very, very um, tough game. Um, yeah, and plus, do you know what? Who else is there? Who else is there? Who else? Gareth Southgate. Yeah, I think I think he needs to be given another chance. I think he's built something really special, and he's got to be given another chance. I hate the I hate the Southgate passion to be honest with you. On I think he's a great manager. The, whole, uh, the team, the you know, they're a very likable. They seem a very likable team, like yeah. a well squad, very close together. And you know, I think um, he's done a lot of work bringing the fans back um, on board. Um, and the media as well, to a certain degree as well. Okay, so interesting. So still thumbs up for Gareth Southgate here as well. I mean, people know that I'm a, I've, I've been a, I've been a South, I've been a Southgate fan, but you know, and it's not a but, but I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure whether or not you know, maybe, maybe time to move on. You know, and this is not bashing him. I'm just sort of saying, you know, there's natural processes that may happen. You know, maybe it might be time to move on, but we shall see. So the World Cup is over. A week after this was recorded, Lionel Messi and Argentina lifted the cup, beating the French in the final with what was an enthralling match. I'm not going to lie here (laughs) and to say I was all over one team or the other. I actually watched a game like a Grinch in the corner, working out how both teams could possibly lose. I'm sitting there with my fingers crossed. Um, I'm not keen on France. I'm not keen on Argentina. And that's for footballing reasons and for fan reasons as well. And that's just the way it goes. Having been in close contact with Argentina and their fans at pretty much every World Cup that I've been to since 1990, I find it hard to cheer them on. They're like my Fulham of international teams. And that's me speaking as a Brentford fan. As for France, well, you know, at the end of the day, they got what they got. They learn how to get the results out and they're really frustrating. But I know that we could have beaten them on our day, but the luck was with them. The Qatar World Cup, well, that was an interesting World Cup, I'd say. If you listen to all the episodes here on Pride of West.London, you know that I came here to Qatar with open eyes and I came here to learn. I wasn't happy 
with the constant Qatar bashing that was taking place. But on the other hand, you know also I wasn't happy about Qatar getting the World Cup. But the fact is, it was a done deal. It was done. The World Cup was going to happen. So I thought I'd go out there with open eyes. Uh, But at the same time, I also felt that the competition had many faults. And as someone has been to eight, and I say not nine as I thought previously, I actually counted them up a few days ago, World Cups, this competition, and that's as I'll reflect back on it, ranked eight out of eight for me. Uh, And I say that and people get really confused because I said it's eight out of eight, but my World Cup still start at about five or five and a half out of ten because there's nothing better than going abroad, football, sun, you know, having laughs and just just going out and having it. But still, if I rent them against all the other World Cups, it is definitely eight out of eight for me, possibly being pipped to the bottom by France 98 if I have a little bit more time to reflect because that World Cup, I was there for a long time as well wasn't the best. Anyway, I still had a great time hanging with football fans all over the world, hanging with my mates, meeting some great people. We had to work to have fun, it has to be said, but we did have fun and it was warm, the food was good, the locals were friendly and when I got back home for a few days in the middle, I realised that actually being out there in Qatar was a hundred times better than watching the World Cup back at home where there was zero vibe. Running a few of the best and the worst for me, the best match Brazil versus Croatia by a million miles. That was brilliant. There was a load of us in the Radisson bar upstairs inside because it was a bit cold that day. And we just got together one evening. It was spontaneous. And we watched two matches, the Brazil game and the Argentina game that day. And we had such a laugh. It was brilliant. It was better than all the England games. It was better than any of the games that I saw. We had a great evening that time. So that was the best match for me. Uh, we were slapping the walls when, you know, <laughs> when Croatia was scoring. It was absolutely brilliant. The worst match... Probably, and I have to say that straight up, is actually probably England versus USA. Um, it did the job, but as a match itself and the vibe around it, it wasn't great. Before the match, it was good actually at the Radisson, but afterwards, it wasn't great. The most fun day, again, the Radisson bar in the evening I've just talked about. Also, very early on in the tournament, the day when Saudis beat Argentina as well. We watched that with a load of Mexicans in a bar, and that was a really good laugh. And obviously, if you listen to the podcast, the days that, you know, hanging out in the Brazilian bars, you know, especially the first day that we watched a Brazil versus uh, Cameroon game at 900 Park with the Brazilian Movimento de la Maria, was it Amarelo? Movimento del Amarelo as well, who invited us to 900 Park and we watched it with them. And that was a great, great party as well. What the Brazilians did, as I said, they found a bar, they hired it out, they got Brahma to sponsor their beer and they took it over. So they actually took the party and made a party in Qatar. And that was actually really great. But that just goes to show you how you can't be spontaneous. You actually have to work really hard to make the party out there. Running through, like I said to you, I've run through a few of the best and the worst as well. Positives for me for Qatar. It was warm. Uh, the fans, the fans are great, you know, regardless, the fans are really great, you know, it was cheap and easy to get about and it's also cheap food and also, like I said to you, it was friendly and it was non-abrasive and like I said to you, fair play to the people that are out there that made it really warm and welcoming for us, the negatives, the lack of spontaneity, like you couldn't just walk out and just go into somewhere in your local neighbourhood or go to somewhere in town, there was lack of spontaneity, there's a lack, lack of fan meeting places as such, you always had to work out where are the fans going to be next as well and there was an urge to drive fans into corporate zones rather than finding their own places to hang I mean LaSalle Boulevard would have been a brilliant place for everyone to hang out as well in their sort of kind of high-tech lights and big screens and stuff if everyone was hanging out there before and after matches that would have been absolutely fantastic I know some people might have been but it wasn't really a center of focus for fans you just didn't know where to go and I have to be honest as well 
been to, like I said to you, eight World Cups, been to, what's it, seven or eight Euros as well. It's, I think it's, you know, I know they're trying to bring these tournaments to places that haven't had tournaments before, but it really does make a, a difference when you've got a real passion for football um, from the people who actually live in the place. People actually kind of make the place. France is a prime example of when you, you they hold tournaments there all the time and there's zero passion in France. I would, I would have no more tournaments in France anymore, but you need a real feel and a passion within the people to actually make it feel like a real buzz um, when you went to Japan it's not a traditional footballing nation but there was a massive buzz and a passion out in Japan and I loved it as well but you felt that there was a lack of that so we, we went out and you enjoyed yourself but you want to feel that buzz when you're going out you feel the World Cup everywhere you go like you know and I'm going to say about alcohol and I thought you know going out there for a month for not drinking I could do that which is fine but what I did realise is that there is a definite drinking culture around football doesn't mean you have to go out and get completely hammered but what people people do is that they sit down and they watch a game in an area with alcohol and say for example you may have 10 people and out of those 10 people maybe three or four of them drinking but you all get together and you watch games and that's what people do and I notice it's not only English as well and Welsh and and from, and from Scotland and like that the Brazilians do it you know the, the, the Mexicans do it you know the Croatians do it you know the Japanese do it everybody does it they know that's a natural bringing together and I think that I understand it's a culture of Qatar and they're very conservative but they missed out on a big trip there because that bringing together of the fans really was was missing as far as I was concerned in the World Cup they may not care but that really kind of just did knock it down because you did not get that vibe that you do get at other World Cups so, you know so I'm just I'm just you know I'm just giving my point of view you know so the best fans for me Japan, of course, I know that you hate that Nippon, Nippon, but that stems back from 2002 in Japan when they started that chant. And it's one of those chants which is ingrained in Japanese culture. And if you're in the middle of those groups singing, singing through matches when they're expecting to lose and, they're, they're, and they start winning, it is wicked. So I love the Japanese fans. They are brilliant. Moroccan fans are very good as well. Brazilian fans, of course, actually, they went up in my estimations this year. You know, Tunisian fans, brilliant again. They were, the Saudi fans really surprised me. They were absolutely potty for it as well the Mexican fans were very good and I didn't see them but the Senegal fans I told were also very good the worst fans for me it's really bad because I'm being a bit biased here because I'm going to say Argentina fans just because again the, 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 the Fulham factor in me you know the Argentina fans the French fans as well they don't travel very well and they're just not great and also the USA fans and I'm not bashing USA but the USA fans were just they were flat and, uh, and, and and it wasn't great. It's almost like they came there almost like half expecting to lose as well. So that was a that was a that was quite a strange vibe as well. But saying that this World Cup has come to a close, I have to say I'm really glad I went. I learned a lot. Uh, it's back to the league now for me with Brentford and Harry Kane visiting New Griffin Park on Boxing Day. Uh, unfortunately, he's not going to have a World Cup medal in tow. So let's hope the bees. Fans give him a positive welcome. So thanks for listening to Besotted in Qatar. Thanks to everyone who contributed to the series. Like I said, you get it on prideofwest.london. Go and listen back to it. It's a good listen as well. Don't forget to subscribe to Besotted uh, on all good podcast channels. Buy us a beer if you want to. Besotted.com forward slash beer. And I'm going to say until next time, adios. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.